if you look carefully around your home and your closet, you might find a few or maybe a lot of things that are either on their last leg of usability or getting there. From old belts to empty containers, at first glance, all of these might seem like something you toss in the bin. But if you look closer, you might notice that they all have something in common. They all have a chance at a second life. You got it right. We're talking about the second-hand economy, which is a multi-billion dollar industry. Every industry has contributed and partaken in this global phenomenon. Even Adidas has made 6 million pairs of shoes using upcycled ocean plastic. The fashion industry is embracing this change as well, given the number of facts and figures thrown at us every day about the amount of waste generated from textiles alone. The value of the ethical clothing market increased by 19.9% in 2018, according to Ethical Consumer magazine. Resale fashion could very well eclipse fast fashion within the decade. The second-hand economy is predicted to reach over $41 billion in valuation by 2022. Upcycling as a concept isn't new to India. We've grown up using old and torn t-shirts as rags for dusting till they can't be used further. But are we doing enough? In India, we're still far from sustainable. A Price Waterhouse Cooper report claims that by 2050, India will require a landfill the size of New Delhi to fit all of its waste. But there's hope. The small coastal town of Alapura in South Kerala has shown us the feasibility of a zero landfill model, earning recognition from the United Nations in 2017 as one of five cities in the world to effectively combat waste. It's not just about clothes. The lockdown encouraged many Indians to learn about the multiple uses of ingredients readily available in kitchens. At Sofitel Hotel in Mumbai, unused byproducts of vegetables are being used in cooking. While Taj Hotel has been working on creating a zero-waste kitchen entirely. With so much happening, we decided to get to know the workings of the second-hand economy in India with those who propagate and live it every day. So please welcome to our debut episode, the young and enterprising co-founders of Thrifty Ideas, who run a community dedicated to sustainable living. In just under a year, they've organized everything from book sales to clothes swaps across India. Their recent virtual festival focused not just on sustainability, but also generated funds for COVID-19 relief. And it earned them a ton of well-deserved recognition. I'm so thrilled to have them on. Please welcome Sucharita, Aishani, and Protima. Thank you guys so much for being here and sharing your views with us. Um, so you've described Thrifty Ideas as a community that promotes affordable, sustainable, and mindful living. Uh, can you tell me how all of this came about? Um, buying organic or buying sustainable is not something that's always affordable. But at the same right. time, we wanted to be, um, we do care about the planet and we did want things uh, that were sustainable. So we wanted to create something in which we would, you know, open opportunities for other people around us to also engage and also for us to sustain. Started off um, wanting to do like a small clothes swap. So Ashani and I, when we were young, we used to trade clothes um, because we couldn't afford to buy new ones and we wanted to switch up our wardrobes. And so 
we kind of decided to do that in a little bit of a bigger scale, which is how our first clothes swap event kind of happened. And then as okay. we did that, we realized that we got an amazing response and then kind of realized that we also wanted to make a like a shift in our own lives. And so mm-hmm. we decided to create 50 Ideas as kind of a platform to not just um, document our own journeys, but also create a community for other people who kind of are going through the same things, both like trying to be a mindful of like how much money they spend, but trying to consume better, trying to make more money choices in, on what they spend their money with Yeah, I think, I mean, that's what, it's been a journey that we've been documenting. And um, it is very intimidating to think about, you know, the slow, slow living in general. And it's, I think we have learned so much along the way that, um, and, and that's why we share things that will help you make that small shift because it's not an overnight change and mm-hmm. I think it started around I remember I was talking to Aishani about the same clothes swap thing I was cleaning out my cupboard I think everybody was home it was August 2019 and uh, Aishani ended up liking a dress and you know then we just uh, then she mentioned how you guys were doing it and I think that's how it happened that's how we decided to go ahead with the first event without really thinking that hey listen we want to make this bigger and it's yeah. when people talking about um, you know doing this more frequently and that's when we realized that hey listen this is where we can make a small difference and let's start yeah. and yeah it, right. that's what that's how it happened Bombay. right and and speaking of i think uh, when it comes to like the ills of like consumerism and the excess i think there's still a certain kind of awareness to what is sustainable and what is not but there's a lot of misconception when it comes to what is ethical what is environmentally friendly and what is sustainable. So do you think you can break that down for us? So I think, um, like you said, it is, the thing is companies also brand their clothes as um, sustainable when they not necessarily are sustainable. So thinking about maybe first just going back to using what you have and, you know, um, reusing what you have and getting rid of that mindset that you need to always have new clothes or you need to um, have, Maybe even for books, you need to have your own copy of a book instead of maybe borrowing or going to the library. So I think that's the first part of sustainability. And that's what we also realize. And then looking a little deeper in terms of like, okay, even if a company is branding itself as sustainable, do they mm-hmm. mean that they only use less water while creating that piece of cloth? But yeah. are they not paying their workers the right wages? Or do they have conditions in which, you know, um, like really harsh conditions for people to work in. So I think that's when you can actually go deeper and see if, yes, this uh, company is branding itself as sustainable, but then mm-hmm. look at it also ethical, because ethical really refers to the practices that, you know, um, workers that have to go through. The workers, and- yeah. Right. And another thing that's unethical is when companies print false information on clothing labels. For example, lying about the percentage of cotton in in the fabric versus the percentage of polyester in the fabric. Yeah. Right? Um, an ethically made cotton shirt, which is 100% biodegradable, and therefore in all, by all standards is, you know, good for the environment and good for you to consume. Um, yeah. A lot of times they can't be put into a uh, compost or whatever because they have like a polyester label. Like the label mm-hmm. is the thing that and then like, when you see that then you're like oh my god like how deep does this go because like it's not just surface level things like 
what's environmentally friendly or what's sustainable or what is um what can i consume but then it's also if you going a little bit deeper how much of this is actually good for the environment how much of this do i need and then it's it, i think the more you think about it the deeper it also goes it's like why am i buying this what what do i yeah. need um what need is this fulfilling for me it's it right. kind of i feel like second you start to unpack it with something like unwrap a little bit um yeah. and it can be the- that that's Sorry, that's what? a really that's an interesting point because um uh speaking of do i need this and do i really want to buy this um i remember when i was younger um a lot of my clothes at least the first 3 years of my life a lot of my clothes were just hand me downs from my older cousins and my family friends and things so i think for the first 3 years of my life i didn't have any new clothes so i didn't have a ton of new clothes it was just like borrowed clothes um could you speak a little more to the fact that we're now in a place where we feel the need to buy new clothes incessantly so i think one part is definitely marketing like what you said like the need to buy has kind of been really fueled by the way things are branded also there's like a status symbol sort of situation that is associated with having certain kinds of clothes having new clothes um mm-hmm. i know that when we were younger in school repeating outfits was like really shameful um yeah, right yeah all of a sudden people are like where would you have and it's okay to repeat what you wear um right. but i feel yeah, that like celebrities cannot be caught repeating their outfits yeah oh that yeah it normalizes it yeah i think also um, the same stigma also extends to second hand um i think only in the last maybe two or three years has thrift and second hand clothing really you know popped up but otherwise like you said even a hanging down i don't know how many people would so if you are wearing something nice and i said hey that's a really nice shirt when you get it from it's mm-hmm. very likely that you'd say oh i got it from my cousin or it's a hand me down yeah. it's yeah. more likely yeah. that you would tell me what brand it is or what store it's from yeah. because that yeah. also you know a large stigma was buying second hand whereas now i the trend is kind of shifting to people wanting to talk about wearing second hand because um you know sustainability is also becoming a trend so a lot of people yeah. are also do because they want to be part of the trend yeah that's true yeah and what's happening with the um you know sustainability is a big theme right now so what's happening is people are saying no to fast fashion and buying from um you know eco-friendly brands but i feel that also is um i mean you know there's that might not always be affordable and then people think that slow living is not for them because oh i don't have so much money to spend on a dress which is you know uh made um, keeping the environment in mind and a t-shirt for 400 why yeah. would i pay 4000 but um that's why we're talking so much about repeating your outfits reusing your outfits because that is the simplest way where everybody can make a change so um and i and i think that conversation has started it has started yeah. now and it's going to pick up because i feel um i don't know maybe it's a, the whole thrift store bit is picking up in india right now and there's a lot yeah. more that you know, we will see happening in the yeah. space um also wanted to add about the um, you know when you were talking about cotton and you know materials with which uh, t-shirts are being you uh, been made Mm-hmm. thing with cotton is what everyone talks about is oh it's made from cotton and you know easily yeah. degradable all of the gas but cotton is using up a lot of water which is not 
environment friendly at all it's using up a lot of water so uh, similarly peanut butter almond butter it's becoming a big business but peanut is actually a very good rotational crop and uh, it helps you know make your soil more fertile while if mm-hmm. you're doing that with almond you're actually um looking at profits only you're using i think three times more water than what you would use to you know get peanut butter made so you, these are things that people don't talk about but brands are talking about being sustainable and yeah. no one's questioning they just want to put uh, that label know, of we are sustainable on it but there's no like fact yeah. checking or like yeah, yeah. exactly exactly yeah. bamboo is better than cotton if you have to really compare the two part of the trend is also a lot of people buying into these really expensive organic brands and then you know talking about it when the truth yeah. is and i think that's also why we thought the swap was a good idea because we felt like you already have a lot of fast fashion in your wardrobe right mm-hmm. so the answer is not to get rid of it but mm-hmm. at the same time you're not using it so what are you doing with it where are you giving it are you donating it or is it going into a landfill when it's in right. perfect condition so can someone else yeah. use it so right. i think uh, the thing about sustainability is just thinking about things a little more deeply like whatever choice you're making whether it's any out of these like 10 different options of being sustainable just thinking mm. it through and seeing if it actually works out um in the long run for you know what has the largest advantage in the long run okay thank you so much um so you've been bringing a ton of awareness not just with clothes but with menstruating sustainably and living sustainably in general so i think what happened was that as i kind of started thinking about it we realized mm-hmm. all of us that um menstruation is one of the things that you don't think about in terms of sustainability but has a huge impact like plastic bags yeah. that um they go into a landfill they don't degrade and you know it's also a matter of who's handling the waste there are so many kind of aspects with the kind of come out and so we realized yeah. talking about menstruation is really important also because we're very mm-hmm. very fortunate in a time when there are so many options to be able to sustainably like go through your period um and so what we realized is that the menstrual cup is starting to really pick up as something that a lot of people are advocating for and are using um yeah. and so we really thought to kind of spotlight that a little bit. um and the other thing we wanted to do is put forth the idea that this kind of sustainable menstruation concept isn't a one size fits all um and this is coming from exactly. someone who like wanted to, i don't think either any yeah, of us i don't think any of us use a menstrual cup yeah that do i i did i did in fact try it and i i wasn't too comfortable but there are other options it's not just the cup there are other options that you can use yeah bamboo pads i think yeah, yeah bamboo pads even panties there are so many different yeah, things and yeah so lucky to live in a time where you know there are so many of these options and you're also able to yeah. explore and see what works for you what works for your body like what is sustainable in terms of cost in terms of comfort in terms of accessibility um like i yeah. don't know how comfortable i would feel taking my menstrual cup and boiling it in my kitchen so then you know yeah maybe because the cup has been marketed so much that you you almost feel like you're doing a disservice to the environment if you're not using the cup or like you're a bad person if you're not using the cup is something that we also were talking about i think that's something i went through personally was because especially because i feel like i've been talking about sustainability we featured someone who yeah. uses a cup and everyone's you know everyone's uh, experience that i've spoken to has been that it's so easy and it's so convenient and it makes you feel so good 
but yeah. when i tried the cup i didn't feel that at all i felt very uncomfortable and the pressure of also being sustainable is something i i mean i think it's also comes from the circle that you um kind of socialize in but also because we're running 50 ideas and we are trying to make those changes in our lives it yeah. was something that was really troubling me and i remember i spoke to sitchi about it and i said that you know i'm trying to cup and it's just not working for me i don't you try you know these pads their biodegradable yeah. like it was nice to hear someone else say that hey, it's okay it's fine and that's there are other i personally face too yeah i mean same thing you know i, I was feeling I, i have to deal with that guilt right like hey listen i talk about this why am i doing this but right. i did not know of any other option yeah so yeah. i i definitely think like other things need to be marketed just as much as the the cup the overall idea is also kind of just to take off from that pressure to do the right thing yeah. and like bear in mind that this is a very like it's a very slow very personal learning journey and that you can't right. really judge someone else's experience yeah. or their actions you have to like mm-hmm. let them figure it out themselves learn and try and experiment it's been like a game changer to just suddenly have access to so many resources Um, yeah you have to be looking you have to be actively looking for options it's not like they're going to come yeah to your doorstep but it's it's there it's available and which is why you guys are here today to tell us so this concept of zero waste living is basically a movement to reduce the amount one consumes and consequently throws away right and you've spoken about the different aspects of zero waste but i really want to know what are your zero waste practices I think one of my top ones is uh, zero waste cooking, yeah. which I know sounds really complicated in name, but is very simple just in terms of like thinking about how much of your food you throw and why you throw. Um, like one thing that I started doing was when I use broccoli or cauliflower in my cooking, I mm-hmm. don't I don't throw the stem. I just chop it up and I put it in my food, and it kind of adds an extra texture. Um, mm-hmm. And it just kind of minimizes the amount of the vegetable you're actually throwing away, and then suddenly you're like, "Why do I need to waste so much of the actual, like, vegetable?" That's one thing that I definitely feel like I started doing. Example, probably I don't do what she does. I don't put the stalks of cauliflower in my, um, you know, in my yeah. curry, but I do use peels, which she may not do. So it's yeah. fine. It's not like I'm not wasting anything at all ever. but mm-hmm. i'm trying to minimize my waste so right. i think that's what also the misconception is when you say zero waste it puts a lot of pressure on people to not yeah. waste anything at all which is mm-hmm. a little hard to do i think another one is um in terms of reading all three of us are big readers we do book sales we love reading and the environmental impact of reading cover it like really shook me at my core um we put up like an infographic on our page of the shop but how it takes 25 minutes to make a single book and it takes that like 25 times that to make a single kindle and that is bizarre to consider but then we realized that, hey like we both have actually all three of us have very similar reading and so we were like can we start swapping books with one another can we buy yeah. second one um yeah. you know instead of buying a new book on amazon every time i see it why don't i explore yeah. see if someone has it they can lend and kind of seeing yeah. okay what's the way in which i can kind of stop consuming new things but also not limit my choices there's a lot of times um i mean with books especially you 
sometimes you read it twice and thrice so they're really great books and you really love them but a lot of times you read it once and once it's not like clothes yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's totally not like clothes you read it once and then you're done with it you probably will never read it again so why would you want to buy a new book if, if also, another option is available also in that case where you bought a book and you've read it once and it's an mm-hmm. adult book where does it go you know, because um, that's another thing I realized was I was teaching in a school and we get like lots and lots of donations of books, except they weren't books that would be read by the kids. So, yeah. you know, where are you donating your books to or who are you? Are you giving it to a secondhand seller and saying, here, you know, selling it to them? Or is it going to like a Kabadiwala or donated right. randomly yes. without thought? Right. So I think that's another part of the secondhand book thing also. So as we were saying, um, um, I think it's a very, it's it's part of Desi culture. Um, when we were younger, I think all of us were dressed in our, in our like cousins' hand-me-downs and older sisters, older brothers' hand-me-downs. And um, that, that was a thing that our parents used to do and our grandparents used to do. And not just with clothes, with other things as well. So I completely agree. I mean, I don't think we really had... Um you know those those concepts in mind at that point i don't think we were doing this because our parents were doing this because they were like oh okay you know we have to live sustainably and stuff but we were yeah. upcycling so many things right from using you know old tin boxes as um you know your storage containers yeah to, uh, i mean there's so many things that we've even in fact it was a major part of uh, where i grew up the craft classes had a lot of things around upcycling and at that point obviously we were not thinking about it that way yeah. uh, but I feel I mean um, yeah I mean you guys can um, you guys can add examples to it and then you know I'll yeah uh, also it comes from the place of it's a very Indian mindset to have full value of a certain That's, product yeah so, it's know? it's even and if it's completely over you have to use it till it's absolutely dead yeah till it like cannot be used anymore and yeah also, <laughs> most people from probably our grandparents age didn't have access to um products at such a cheap price so they had mm-hmm. to you know really save up to buy like for example a sari I don't think they'd buy, like I, if I think about my grandmother, I don't think she'd buy a sari every month or every week. You mm-hmm. know, she'd save money and think about this purchase and buy it. Yeah. So then she'd say, okay, now I've spent X amount of money on it and I've spent so many months saving up for it. Mm-hmm. Then now I have to use it for 50 years. In yeah. all the ways possible. It has never been, I think for them, it has never been about the environment or about climate change or about sustainability. It's just a very Indian mindset to just use everything till, yeah, and even when, even when one of its uses are over, you can still find another use for it. And that's, that's something we've grown up with that, right? Um, Speaking of book sales and book swaps and all of that, you your team recently organized the All Things Festival and um, that was quite an experience. Can you tell me about that and what was the response like and all of that? Yeah. So essentially what we wanted to do was the All Things Studio was based in a and we had a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and through the lockdown, we have been working to raise funds to COVID relief and provide um, families with ration packages. So the packages contain rice, pulses, oil, um, enough food to feed a family of eight for about 15 to 20 days. Um, mm-hmm. And so what we did with the Awesome Studio is kind of come together and organize a festival 
so which had artists, um, it had musicians, it had comedians, it had a bunch of wonderful people who kind of came together to raise funds for our community. Um, and it was honestly a fantastic experience. I think going into it, we were really unsure what to expect. Yeah. And it was also something really important to us. So I think we went in really not knowing what it would look like, but I think the response was mind-blowing. I think we were able to feed about 120 people. You know, a lot of times when we were planning, we were thinking about how will a dance class look like on a virtual setting? Or, you know, will a music yeah. session have the same kind of effect, you know, sitting in your home? Right. It's always a little bit complicated when it's online or it's virtual. But that's so incredible that you managed to pull the whole thing off. And you not just focused on sustainability, as you said, you also focused on mental health. So do you think that there's a correlation between mental health and sustainability? It is very directly related to mental health because being sustainable is a mindful choice. It is something that you consciously you are reflecting and you are looking at your actions. And mm-hmm. that is very related to not only your own mental health, but the mental health of the people you interact with or in terms of shopping, the people you buy from. So I think as a whole, it right. is connected because it, you know, it's very specific to deeper thought in terms of action. That's so great that this whole thing started from just like this small act of sharing clothes with friends and all of this happened from that. It's pretty awesome. So speaking of using things again, um, secondhand economy is uh, also referred to as re-commerce. It's a multi-billion sub-industry as you already know. It helps reduce waste from landfills and um, it also brings communities together. Um, upcycling is a major part of the secondhand economy. You guys have been really vocal about upcycling. You guys have talked about its benefits, even over recycling. So um, on that note, I thought we could play a game called Upcycle This with an exclamation point. Um, so I'm going to name how the game works. It's going to be really rapid fire and you have to like just tell me quickly what you would do. Um, how it works is I'm going to name a few household items that... Um, when they get old, we tend to just throw it away. And you tell me how you would upcycle it instead of throwing it away, okay? Sure. Cool. So, stuff. Old jeans. Um, I think you can weave it and make maybe a basket. A basket, a wall hanging. Yeah. yeah. Um, a mobile cover. Yeah. I've made a mobile cover out of jeans once. Oh a my god. Sleeve. Wow. Laptop sleeve. Um, a bag. Oh, pretty cool. Okay, cool. make them into shorts. Okay, you guys yeah. have you guys have already basically won this game. Uh, tin cans. <laughs> um, storage. I think it's storage. Stationery. Yeah. Stationery. Yeah, that's yeah, the same. Yeah. 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 Um, the toilet toilet paper rolls <laughs> like after the toilet paper is over, just like the empty roll. So that also can actually be a planter and it's biodegradable. So if you want to kind of put a sapling or just a few seeds and get your plant growing, yeah. you can be initially planting that and then put in a larger pot and it will biodegrade over time. Oh, that's pretty cool. I I normally use them as um cord, like for cords when you like wrap it around cord and then oh, it just like stays. Nah, yeah. So cool. just for like cord, just like organizing all your wires and like chargers and things like that. Um. Yeah. 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 Thank you. <laughs> um, bottles, like glass bottles, plastic bottles, whichever. 
water um, bottle. Like I use old alcohol bottles as my water bottle. Okay. Yeah. Also, plant. Um, I have a money plant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Money plant all over the house. Oh. Um, I put a lamp. A lamp. Wow. Lamp. Yeah. I also have someone who took a little bottle, got the top cut off, like a glass cut, and got the top cut off. Uh huh. As a pencil, it's a little bit more like as a pen oh. stand. Oh, pen stand. Okay, yeah. Okay. I yeah. also know someone got it cut and got it cut horizontally and used it as a serving tray, a wine bottle. Oh, wow. So, okay, I did yeah, not know you could do that. Like, okay, old saris. Oh, so many things. Curtain. I made a bathroom mat out of it once. Yeah. You sorry, you made a what? Bathroom mat out of it once when oh. um, this is again. I mean, when, as a craft project in school, I think there was ten or eleven. Yeah, and uh, we made a bathroom mat completely out of old sari. That's it. That's all that was required. Wow. <laughs> yeah, because sari is just such a like it's just a long fabric, so you can actually do a ton of things with it. Yeah, you can also quilt. Quilt. Yeah. Um. What about like old jewelry or broken jewelry? You know, this upcycle old jewelry into newer jewelry. Like, like, jewelry, right? Yeah. Yeah, the page and like, everything, right? The hooks and the page of earrings and earrings. Yeah, the old like earring can be turned into like a pen for a pendant. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, also, maybe like for like de- like you know decor, putting mm-hmm. it on a box, putting it. Uh, on a wall hanging yeah for just art. Make your i've used a ton of like broken bangles for like collages and art pieces and things like that yeah, yeah it, it, it just adds texture so that was the game mm-hmm. i think you guys did fabulously okay. thank you so much a lot to think about like i'm going to think twice before throwing anything away thank you so much for answering our questions and being here with us thank you for having us yeah This brings us to the end of our debut episode. At Power to Her, we feature empowering and enduring narratives of women across India, and we're always looking to tell more stories. So please reach out to us if you have a story or you know someone who would love to be a part of our channel. Till then, stay tuned to meet many more awesome women running amazing entities, building and promoting inventive platforms and changing perceptions. All here on the Power to Her podcast.